Hello and welcome to Claude Jack's Nursing Journey podcast. I'm Claude Jack, a student nurse at Robert Gordon University, studying the Dual Honours Nursing Programme in Children and Young People and Adult Nursing. I'm really excited to welcome Becky Hepworth to the podcast today. Before we get started, here's three facts about Becky. Becky is a children's community nurse team leader on the Isle of Wight. She specialises within children's community nursing and registered in 1994 at Winchester Basingstoke School of Nursing. Welcome Becky, thank you for joining me today. It's really great to have you on the podcast. So Becky, where did your nursing journey start? So um, when I qualified in uh, all those many, many years ago in 1994, when many of you won't have even been born, um, I uh, was taken on by um, uh, Basingstoke NHS Trust and um, worked as on a uh, rotational post. So my first rotation I was given was the neonatal unit, which actually I was a little bit disappointed with um, because I hadn't, in fact, enjoyed my neonatal placement um, as a student particularly, Um, but then grew to really love neonates. And when it came to the end of my nine months on neonates, I actually didn't want to swap. And the girl that I was supposed to be swapping with also didn't want to swap. So we stayed where we were. Um, so the first big chunk of my career was um, in neonatal units around the country. Um, I did my uh, specialist neonatal uh, qualification from Basingstoke. Um, and then actually we went, um, I met my husband and uh, we went and lived elsewhere in the country. So I worked in Nottingham um, in uh, the great big uh, uh, regional unit in Nottingham, neonatal unit. Uh, at Queen's Medical Centre, um, looking after probably the sickest babies, uh, some of the sickest babies in the country. Uh, then we moved to Cambridge, and so we went to Athenbrooks, and again, a great big tertiary centre, very, very busy neonatal unit. Um, um, and I loved it. I loved that family-centred care um, and loved the interaction that you had with the families and including the families in that in the baby's care. I loved the end of life part of that that um what we did in the neonatal unit as well. So although we were very focused on these little people um surviving actually, um I I got great pleasure in in making end of life care um as good as it possibly could be for families within the neonatal unit. Um, and also loved working as with part of the fam- with the families. Um, and so when we then returned back to Basingstoke and I got a job back at my original unit, but as a as one of the sisters there, and we um, set up a service where we were going to take babies home much earlier. So tube feeding babies, uh, we were going to take home much earlier with the support of a community team. And as part of that, setting up that service, I was sent off to work with the community children's nursing team in Basingstoke and do my specialist qualification in in being a CCN. So I have a, a community um, qualification. Um, and then I really loved that. So I really loved the whole relationship um, and the relationship that you form as a CCN with families. You get to know them really well. I 
loved being part of a team that provided continuing care throughout a child's life and through to looking after children at end of life and making that experience as good as it possibly could be for families and um so actually then when it came to going back to the neonatal unit and setting up the service the money was actually withdrawn and so that service never actually got up and running um which was really sad and i was really disappointed because i felt that we could have made a massive difference and then i got pregnant <laughs> um and we decided to move to the isle of wight um to be closer to my family here on the island um and um so we moved here and the community children's nursing service here were desperate for staff and somebody found out that i had this qualification and would i be interested in working as part of the CCN service. That was 18 years ago and I'm still in that CCN service um, and now the team leader of that service and uh, the service has grown and grown and grown um, over the last 18 years and um, I'm really proud of the service that we give um, and we offer for children at home um, and uh, there's still work to do and we can still be better than we are now but um, I'm really proud of that service and so that's my journey really I started in neonates um, but with a very uh, strong interest in being part of the provision of care that included families and and made sure that we included families and being really really passionate about family-centered care um, and but really actually I really enjoyed that intensive intensive part intensive care part of that those skills as well um, and I feel that that although it's completely different, the intensive care bit is completely different. I feel that those skills actually still play a part in what I do now. So the ability to uh, be compassionate with families who've been through a neonatal journey um, and and know what that entails, actually, that's, that's really important. Even now, when I'm looking after these children, once they've come home and we're looking after them for a a long period of time at home I still think that that's that was a really useful part of my nursing career and it's built me into the nurse that I am now. Super thank you Becky it sounds like you've really enjoyed your nursing journey so far can you share a bit about what student nurses can expect from the specialism while on placement and why newly qualified nurses should consider working within the specialism? Okay so Student nurses, when they come out on placement with us, can expect to see a, a real vast variety of um, nursing care. So I think nursing in the community is second place, second fiddle, and isn't as complicated and isn't as acute. And, and I think that when student nurses come and work with us, they see that actually we look after incredibly sick children. Um, and we coordinate the care around those sick children, um, but they are able to lead a normal life with our help. And I think that student nurses are often really surprised with what they see. So we get student nurses involved. So some of our care is really a quick and a more acute interaction with families. So we see some children just for one visit and we will go out and take sutures out. And that's it. We won't ever see that child again. We'll go out and do some dressings, burns dressings. And that's a really quick interaction with that family. But um, 
so they get to see those very quick interactions and how you have to quickly gain a child's trust um, um, in order to do something not particularly nice to them. Um, but they also get to see those children that we see very intensely and for a long, long period of time. So the children with a cancer diagnosis, we see three, two, three times a week. Um, and we get to build up a really, and get to get a vast sort of uh, knowledge, a very quick insight into what an oncology um, diagnosis can mean for a family and the disruption that that can uh, mean for that family. And um, they'll also see very complicated care being delivered in the community. So children ventilated with central lines, gastrostomies, all sorts of funny, complicated <laughs> uh, disease processes going on in the community that we are monitoring, reporting in on and, and assessing um, very regularly so that uh, we capture uh, any sort of deterioration in that child while they're being looked after at home. So they'll see a variety of stuff. And again, that sort of um, fits in with the question about should newly qualified nurses be coming out and working in the community? And absolutely, I'm really passionate that um, newly qualified nurses, it absolutely is a place for them to really, really, uh, you also have to be very skilled in uh, seeing any deterioration um, and, and knowing about long term things from uh, how their disease is going to progress and what you should be looking for. So there's a, there's a real vast variety of um, different skills that, that newly qualified staff can gain from being out in the community. Um, and also you're out there doing it on your own. So you have to grasp those skills really quickly and you have to be a trusted member of the team very fast so that you can you can you are able to make those decisions and able to to know when you can't make those decisions and able to say to families, I'm really sorry, but I don't know that, but I'm going to go back and find out. Um, and um, I'm going to go back with these details that I've captured from you and I'm going to go back and I'm going to discuss it with A, B and C and see where we should go next. And actually, that's a great skill to have, isn't it? Rather than um, being gung-ho and doing things. Um, so you're always very supported at a CCN. Um, by more senior members of the team, but yeah, it's a great place to come and work. As a, I think, I think it's always seen as a definitely the second best, and and that it's somewhere that you go when you when you you're a bit tired of doing your acute skills and you're tired of doing your shifts. But actually, it's it's um, incredibly rewarding and and absolutely stretches your knowledge every day. I learn something new every day, even now, eighteen years after start starting as a CCN on the island, I absolutely learn something new every day. Um, so it's it's one of those specialisms that often get disregarded by student nurses because, yeah, no, you definitely need to have some acute knowledge and acute experience before you go out in the community. No, you don't. You absolutely do not. You come, you come out from your finishing your training and you are thirsty for that knowledge, but actually you can gain just as much and I would say even more knowledge and, and ability in assessing children and working out what their plan of care should be and then evaluating that plan of care. Um, I think absolutely as a community nurse you do that. We do that as well and um, your skills are 
as important as those uh, found on an acute ward. That's yeah, and that probably covers that. That I think Chloe does it. Is that what you were after? That sounds brilliant. Thank you very much, Becky. It sounds like a role that you um, are required to to feel comfortable in being independent. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but never on your own. So you, no. although you're on your own when you do your visit. You're never actually on your own because you can always phone a friend mm -hmm. <laughs> or come back to base and discuss and reflect on what you did and and ask questions about how we should manage this going forward and what, what the plan of care should look like. So, yeah, although you are on your own out there doing the visit, you are you're you're always very well supported. Super. Thank you, Becky. And are there any specialist qualifications required to carry out the specialist role? So there's no um, requirement to have a specialist qualification in being a CCN, but there is one out there. So there is a, a year-long course, full-time year-long course that you can do post-registration. Um, and it's called the Specialist Practice Course. Um, it's the same course as the district nurses do. Um, and community mental health nurses, community learning disabilities nurses, but there are different pathways to follow and there's a CCN pathway. So there is a specialist qualification that can go onto the register. So those of us with the specialist qualification can be found on the, on the NMC register. We have a specialist qualification attached to our general qualification, our, our registration. So the course enables you to take time out so generally, people are seconded from an existing post in the in the community nursing children's nursing team, um, and they are seconded to take on the course, and they go off and have a year out of practice undertaking the course. It's a you can either do it a master's or degree level, and you it's a very full on course. It's a very um, intense course. Uh, you return to your base. Um, and undertake uh, a specialist practice but you are supernumerary throughout that so you have the opportunity to look far more widely about what we do and why we do it and the impact of what we do and how uh, services outside of our service and as part of the MBDT fit into that service it gives you that opportunity to sort of sit back a bit and, and reflect on what we do. And people with the qualification, you can spot them a mile off, actually. You can spot them a mile off and um, they are they think more widely. They think they're able to make better judgment decisions about uh, how the service is moving forward. They're better at looking at... Um, how what the impact of what we are doing affects the wider community um yeah it's a real worthwhile course doing but places are like Hensty and it is very difficult to access and some teams across the country have really struggled to access the availability and and any courses anywhere nearby and actually COVID has done us a favour throughout that because many more courses are offering uh distance learning which has really helped uh, so in order for my team to undertake this course, they have to go to Guildford. That's our nearest place that is offering the course. And so the travel and time spent going to Guildford is huge for my team um, members that undertake the course. And that's that that often puts people off doing it. Um, 
but actually through COVID, a lot of those lectures are now held online. So they're not having to go over to Guildford as, as often as they were going over. So we've reduced travel costs um, and um, the disruption to family life that that might cause for that individual undertaking the course. But um, yeah, so COVID did us a favour with that a bit. I think. <laughs> Super, thank you, Becky. So can you tell us a little bit about what your current role entails? Okay, so um, I currently manage the CCN team on the island. Um, we cover the whole Isle of Wight um, and I have um, the equivalent of five and a bit whole time equivalent nursing staff. And I also have a um, small respite service that was set up about for five years ago now. Um, in response to families um, of children with uh, life-limiting disorders not having a local hospice. So our local hospice to the island for children is in Winchester and families just were finding it very difficult to access that for any sort of respite. Um, and so we set up a local service um, that's based as part of the CCN team. And um, so they are... Uh, unregistered carers um, um, and we train them up to meet the care or care needs of um, children that have a life-limiting disorder and meet the continuing care package um, and meet the continuing care criteria so they they are um, the children with the most significant needs on um, and we have uh, nine children that fall under that service at the moment. So that team deliver respite care in the patient's home um, for those children. So we supervise, my CCN nursing staff supervise that service as well. Um, and my CCN nursing staff uh, cover all sorts of things. And as I've chatted about before, that can be as simple as just going out and taking stooches out on a one-off visit. Um, or can be as long as looking after a child who um, gets discharged from the neonatal unit and then we go on to transfer that child off to adult services at 18 so we can be involved in a child's life throughout their journey through children's services. Um, we also sadly look after the children that um, die on the island um, and provide end-of-life care for children um, luckily, that doesn't happen very often. Um, we have, on average, about one death per year, one expected death per year, um, where we provide 24-7 care um, for families at home. Um, and I utilise my respite service in that service provision. So if families wanted um, night sitters, my respite service would, would um up their game and come and help with that as well. An incredibly rewarding part of our job. Very difficult and very emotionally challenging, but um, an incredibly rewarding part of the job. That's super. Thank you, Becky. Um, did you see yourself in the position you are now when you first started your nurse training? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. I think I really enjoyed my nurse training and I enjoyed most of the placements that I've been on. Um, and sort of every placement I went to, I thought, oh, I quite enjoy that. I, maybe that's where I need to be. And I quite enjoyed that bit. Oh, and that and that bit and that bit and that bit. So I didn't ever really have any firm place in my head where I thought I was going to end up. But I always 
really enjoyed the family inclusion part of the job and involving families in care and making sure that um, we included family in everything we did with a child. Um, and so I guess I probably did always lean to uh, um, a job where you were looking after the family as a whole. But no, I didn't really see myself working in the community when I first started at all. Um, but I'm jolly good. I'm jolly glad that I did fall upon it, um, if a little by accident, um, because I've absolutely, I absolutely love my job still. I'm turning 50 this year and <laughs> I still, I wouldn't change the career that I've had actually. Oh, that's great. Thank you, Becky. <laughs> and what would you say to your student nurse self now, having been on that journey that you have? I would say go with the flow, go with the flow, take opportunities when they turn up. Um, no opportunity is going to, is would be wasted. Um, embrace every, yeah, embrace them all, embrace all those opportunities. Um, learn something new every day and continue to learn something new every day and continue to enjoy it. I would, yeah, I'd also say something about enjoying the team that you're working in at that moment um, and enjoy being part of that team and embrace being part of that team. I think being a member of a, a team that functions well and enjoys being together um, is a huge part of what we do. And I think if you enjoy going to work because your colleagues are blooming amazing, um, then I think you will enjoy what you do. And as a team leader now, uh, you can, you see, I'm, I'm, I've now got skilled in my old age. I've got skilled at seeing what people are good at and utilising what they're good at as part of a, as part of managing that team. So whatever you're good at, you will find your niche. And I think as a student nurse, you sometimes flounder and think, oh, I'm never going to be good enough at everything. But you won't ever be good enough at everything. None of us can be good enough at everything. And we won't ever learn everything that we need to know. Um, but you will continue to learn throughout your nurse journey and be proud of what you're good at. Be proud of what you're good at and find, um, yeah, find your niche and where you can use that ability that you, that bit of what you're good at. Find what you're good at and, and embrace it, I think. Um, but nothing is a wasted opportunity. And if you get if you yeah gain experience you'll never you no one can take that away from you it goes into your suitcase of experiences that you will then at some point you'll think oh do you know what i did that once upon a time and oh yeah i remember doing that so even those very obscure opportunities that you you find yourself in as a nurse they're never wasted they're never wasted nothing is ever wasted and it all goes into that yeah, suitcase of, of experiences that you carry around. So what would be your advice for student nurses on how to be successful in their nursing journey? Ah, so, again, it's take every opportunity, enjoy what you're doing at the time, really embrace being part of a team. Um, yeah, take, take those opportunities when they arise. Nothing is ever going to be wasted. Nothing is ever going to be wasted. Um, and um, ask lots of questions. Always, always, always just ask and ask and ask. I would 
much rather have a student that asks me questions than sits there and thinks, I don't know what to, I don't know whether I should be asking anything because I don't want to appear silly. I'd much, much rather have uh, a student nurse asks and asks and asks and talk talk to families because they're the ones that are going through these difficult times with their children. Talk to them and ask them how they're feeling and how they're coping and um what what you can do to make a difference to them and 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 just a simple sometimes if a, a family in say in the neonatal unit a mum's traveled for two hours to get there to see her little baby uh, actually make her a cup of tea <laughs> make her a, just make sure she's comfortable sitting there um have a chat with her about what's going on at home and how she's coping and 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 actually that makes the whole experience more human for her and and um just taking the, taking the time sometimes just to make that little bit of difference yeah going that little extra mile makes a huge difference and yeah as a student nurse you're in a really good position to be the one thinking about what can i do to make that little bit of difference and how can i how can i make this experience for this child that's not very nice as good as it's going to be that's brilliant advice thank you becky um, so thank you for joining me today, Becky. I hope you've enjoyed your time on the podcast. Before, I have. Thank you. Super. And before we finish up, though, in the last episode, Julie posed the following question for you, which is, do you feel that nursing has become too academic? This is tricky. This is tricky because I really see the uh, advantages of staff that go off and do the specialist qualification in um, becoming a a specialist a specialist qualified CCN and we see we absolutely reap the benefits when they come back from that year away they become a more holistic nurse they are better at seeing future planning they're better at seeing where um where gaps in service are what our risks are um and a better are much better able to do the job that we do um that doesn't detract from those people that haven't got that qualification because actually you do need those people that are able to go out and just do the job in hand and not be the ones that are doing the forward thinking and but so i think there's a fine balance there's a fine balance between academic academia and what's needed in practice and that i don't think there's a yes and no answer to that question if I'm honest I think there are definite benefits for having a more academic approach to what you are doing and how that how that then influences services of the future and providing better care for children and their families but also I think we don't need we can't lose sight of actually the job on on the floor and what needs doing on a day-to-day basis and and the importance of continuing that so i've not really answered the question <laughs> no 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 that was good no that was a good reply that's a brilliant answer um to julie's question thank you becky so um in the next episode we'll be joined by dan gooding who specializes in who specializes in children and young people's a e and pediatric intensive care so the power is now in your hands becky to pose the next question for the next guest speaker what would you like to ask Dan? Okay, so I know Dan quite well. 
Um, so he's going to hate me for this question. But um, so, Dan, what are your top tips for looking after yourself after a traumatic day in A&E? Super question, Becky. Thank you very much. So thank you for joining me today, Becky. I hope you've all enjoyed this episode of the podcast. If you enjoyed this, please leave a comment on my socials and follow me at Clojack on her Mac. That's all for now, folks. Cheerio. <laughs>